0: All right. Whenever you're ready, you open us up. Oh shit! <laughs> Jesus, I'm gonna leave that in. <laughs> Welcome back to Booze and Buffy, a podcast where we are watching and discussing every episode of Buffy the Vampire Slayer. It may not have seemed like it for the last <laughs> few weeks, um, and Angel the series one by one. There are no spoilers for future episodes, but we are discussing details from previous and current episodes. I am Harrison, and I uh, have used Tara's pickup line at the end of this episode, Can We Just Be Kissing Now? I I do recognize that Tara is not using it as a pickup line. (laughs) Um, But hey, something's How many many times have you used it? I just like to ask people to make out with me. That is true. That is a thing that you do. (laughs) And I always respect the answer if it's no. Mm Mm-hmm. Consent is the sexiest thing mm-hmm. out there, mm-hmm. and uh, noticing that the girl's pretty hot too. I'm Jason. <laughs> God, the girl is really hot. Yeah, that's not a girl. That is a woman. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't mean, know why I just kind of became a bit of a Chad there. Sorry, <laughs> yeah, that's all right. That I think that's like didn't Matt Smith say that? Daughter, like that is a woman, <laughs> but in a completely different context. No, I mean. This isn't the first time that, you know, I've thirsted for Emma Caulfield. It will not be the last. Nah. Um, Here's... What episode are we watching this week? Yes, we are watching Buffy Season 6, Episode 18, Entropy. This is the one where um, Anya returns to Sunnydale after having made herself scarce after the wedding. Uh, hashtag relatable. Um, and she attempts to get uh people to wish injury upon xander so she can have her vengeance uh erstwhile uh <laughs> on fargo <laughs> uh, spike is being a nuisance to buffy and oh my god <laughs> what a shocking turn of events <laughs> uh as are the trio and uh there are some there's some flirtations happening between willow and tara And Dawn's also around. Uh, She doesn't really have a... It's really funny. Dawn doesn't really have a plot in this episode. She just has, like, check-ins about, like, the various things in her life. Mm -hmm. Which, you know, that's important. You should take stock every now and again. Yeah. yeah. That that was not a criticism of the episode. I actually thought the way they used Dawn in this episode was pretty good. And her hair looked really great. Everyone's hair mostly looks really good i we we didn't really care for anya's curls in the latter half of the episode they didn't look bad but i think they just would have been better if they were longer i guess i I guess i just really love the straight hair more Mm -hmm. uh entropy was written by drew z greenberg and was directed by james a Kotner and originally aired on april 30th 2002 on upn Jason, Harrison. You provided our drinks today. I did, because I decided to stop being such a freeloader. <laughs> <laughs> oh. <laughs> oh. Oh, okay. <laughs> we're, we're drinking Clearly. Sam Adams Jack-O Pumpkin Ale. <laughs> we just both sat here looking at each other, like, waiting for the other to say what the drink was. I mean, I, I just assumed you were going to be, like, taking us into the toast. Wow, oh, guys, no. we... <laughs> We have we haven't done a Buffy episode in a while. Uh, yeah, we're we're it's it's chaos over here. <laughs> it's entropy over here. Ooh, well done! I literally just looked up the definition of the word like while we were doing the pause for the intro music. Oh, Okay, I knew I kind of knew that that's what it meant, but I, yeah, I wanted it's to like, say it's, it's the increasing. For those who don't know, it is the increase. It, it is a system's tendency to increase in disorder. Um, it is associated with the second law of thermodynamics. Nice. Um, so, yeah, we're having the Sam Adams Jacko Pumpkin Ale. I love a pumpkin ale. It's very much the one of those things that... I- I'm not the type of person who's like, I can only drink this or eat this during certain times of year. Except for pumpkin ale. I'm very much like, a pumpkin ale is a fall thing. Oh, it very much is. I mean, that the spices and flavoring associated with um, oh, pumpkin spice, pumpkin flavored anything mm-hmm. at this time of year. I mean, it just... It just goes with the feeling of um, weather's getting colder, mm-hmm. um, leaves are turning, beautiful colors. It's and... comforting. Yeah. It's warm. It's mm-hmm. like a hug. Mm-hmm. Um, and I am definitely one of those uh, bitches that loves pumpkin spice lattes. Fuck yeah. I, I friggin' love them. Here, we do not... We... Here, if I put in booze... <laughs> We haven't taken one drink yet. <laughs> we at Bruce and Buffy are... I just... I, I, no, but I, I do... I hate that, like, idea when people get, like... Oh, people are coming for their PSLs. Or, like, just getting shitty about other people liking things. Yeah. Like, just... I don't know. I feel like it takes a really miserable person to be like that. As long as you're not liking racism, the yeah. neo-Nazis and stuff like that, then like what you like, oh, man. Like what you like. Anyway... <laughs> A toast. A toast. Uh, I'm going to toast uh, to my brother and my new-ish sister-in-law. <laughs> um, so we went out of town this weekend, this past weekend, for my brother's wedding. Uh, we went down to Tennessee, where he lives. Um, and uh, I, I think I've mentioned this on the podcast before, but uh, he and his wife, jo- uh, his name is Kyle, my brother, and his wife Josie got married back in March, um, they, but they just did like a civil ceremony. Um, and they, we had the wedding this weekend and it was a lot of fun. It was really beautiful. Um, it was, the weather was gorgeous. It was the third, um, it was the third outdoor wedding we went to this, John and I went to this year. It was by far the most comfortable. Um, and. I mean, yeah, cause it's like, honestly, it, it's been really hot, um, yeah. for like, Pretty much all of September. And then like after that first week of October, it just hit like this really nice yeah. spot. Weirdly, today was like warm. And, yeah, like, it, it was like it was 80 degrees when I was coming over here. Yeah, I and that was like I, when I was leaving work, I was like, ah, what is this? <laughs> but um but no, I was just I was really excited. We finally got to celebrate their their wedding. Um and we had it was really nice to um, just meet her family. Um, uh, her family is from Guatemala, so a lot of them were flying from there. Slash, um, I think North Carolina, um, and we were meeting a lot of them. Well, I was meeting all of her family for the very first time, um, and we also got to meet a lot of their army colleagues. Um, so it was just really exciting. And so yeah, cheers to them, Mazeltov. It's been a while since we both had beer bottles to it toast. It has with. been, and that was nice. It I is, liked that. I, um, I love drinking out of a beer bottle. Oh yeah, preferred way. Um, yeah, like I every now and again, like, I, like I've got a, I've got like a nice, uh, ho- like a drinking horn at home, mm-hmm. and uh, you know sometimes I'll put some, like I'll put some beer into that. But I mean, you know, a good good beer bottle. Yeah, or something. Be. I don't know. Maybe it's just how phallic it is. Um, <laughs> Okay. So, entropy. I have a question for you, Jason. All right. So, the last episode, you, you made a comment when we were in our outro that I I heard you say it, but didn't really, like... I got... Are you talking about how you were a fan of this episode? Yeah. I said... got this confused with another episode, okay. a season seven episode. Okay. That's, I do like this episode, but it was when I was ed- editing the episode, I was like, am I
1: a particular fan of this episode? It's no, got a lot of things the, I really it, yeah, like. The, the,
0: there is there is an Anya centric episode in season seven that I thought that this was I was wrong. So yeah, uh, it was just very funny because I was like I was thinking about the episode and I was like, I do like it. It's very Anya heavy, which is always a pro. And I was like, and it has Anya and Spike hooking up, which is I'm hot. Very is objectively hot. I it's objectively hot, but there's also I'm just like looking at that like. That, that whole scene, and I'm like. I'm almost a little disappointed. Like, I'm like, this could have been something. Like, I think it's, there's some untapped well, like, potential there. I think we had, like, a one. We've had, like, one other really great uh, Spike and and uh, Anya. I almost said Spike and Emma, moments. <laughs> <laughs> um, but, uh, you know, the one where um, he, like, you know, he doesn't think he's scary, so he yeah. tries to mug her. <laughs> <laughs> um, yeah, no, these two characters. It's, it is shocking to me that we don't get... I mean, obviously they interact a lot just in, like, ensemble room. scenes. But it is a little surprising to me that we've had so few one-on-one interactions with them. Especially watching that scene between the two of them. The chemistry is so easy between the two. And and I think all that, that boils down to the fact that as great as Anya is, she is almost always tied to Xander. Uh-huh. And when Xander is in the picture with a, with Spike, it's... Like there's just animosity there, yeah, and and even Spike he he gets to be a little bit more his own character, um, than than Anya does, but even he is really tied to his relationship with Buffy, mm-hmm. um, especially this season. Yep. Um. So and maybe that's why I was just so excited to see both of these characters get to have this interaction between the two of them. Mm-hmm. But uh, we have a ways to go before we get there. Uh, we open the episode as we. Not always do, but um, very. I would like to see the the pie chart of like how, <laughs> how many episodes <laughs> open up in the cemetery. Yeah. <laughs> um, the trio are chasing some vampires it, using some ATVs. Um, I thought this was kind of cool. It's not something we really see on the show. They're kind of pulling a Charles Gunn by having a yeah. big old stake on each one. Yeah, it, no, you're. I'm glad you said that because you're right. It does almost feel like more like something we would see on Angel than we would see in Buffy. Mm-hmm. Um, unfortunately, they crash pretty much immediately. <laughs> well, they. Uh, what are the vampires? It just throws, it a, just branch throws a branch at them, and that. Oh, just goes to show that these guys are really smart, but also deeply stupid. Deeply stupid. Um, the vampires uh, get away. Uh, they start. Uh, the trio starts to make chase before they notice that Buffy has showed up. By the way, the reason mm. that they're chasing these vampires isn't out of the goodness of their hearts. No. Uh, one of one of the vampires is holding on to a disc of some sort. A let's just assume a mystical disc. It's very Raiders of the Lost Ark. Mm-hmm. Like um, uh, yes, yeah, and, and you know if they don't ha- if they don't get it, they'll be digging in the wrong place every time. <laughs> um, so Buffy uh, when Buffy attacks the Vamps, the one with the disc drops it. Um, Buffy fights off one of the Vamps while Spike hoists the other into the air while sitting atop the gate and simultaneously uh erstwhile as it might be uh Warren is like army crawling <laughs> to get this disk without being noticed. Um yeah, Buffy uh the trio gets away with their disk. Good for them, I guess. Misc. Mystic disk. Um uh, uh, Mr. disk. <laughs> um and Buffy <laughs> Buffy's struggling a bit with one of the vamps uh and Spike basically is like I'll kill this one, or I'll just let him attack you. Maybe you should tell your friends. Um. Uh, Buffy's basically... I really like this moment for Buffy. She basically tells him, like, Yo, last week I tried to kill all my friends. And they forgave me. Of course, that's been a little bit ago for us. So yes. <laughs> just a reminder, that was the episode where uh, Buffy um, was... Uh, there, there was the spell on her that was making her hallucinate that she was in the mental institution and, uh, she, and she was being told like, oh, the only way to like to heal yourself and set yourself free is to kill all these random imaginary people in your life. AKA your friends. (laughs) Yep. And And sister. (laughs) Yep. And, uh, she was almost successful until Tara came and saved the day. Yeah. Um, Tara and Willow, both of whom are suffering the painful aches <laughs> the aftermath um, but yeah, Buffy's like you know, I feel like sleeping with you if they find out not gonna be that big a deal um, of the two characters well, three characters in this episode who find out uh, one is understanding one is not <laughs> And one's dealing with her own shit; she yeah. doesn't really care. <laughs> um, so I'm gonna, I'm gonna say that's a good. Two maybe out of maybe three. she'll be a little mad that she's uh, <laughs> she's sloppy second. Oh. Um, so yeah, he just he like try, just releases the vampire, uh, and then is like, "But maybe you can sleep with me again." <laughs> and this causes the vampire, as he's like chasing after Buffy to. Turn around and be like, What, dude? <laughs> and, and have the same look of just like utter surprise on his face that Buffy has, and then Buffy's like, oh, That just stakes him. It was a fun, that was a good moment. Yeah, um, I, I, a moment like that, you know, we've got James A. Contner directing, he's a longtime director of the show. Um, he has a great understanding of the visual language of the show, and especially how. The humor on the show works. I feel like we don't talk about the directing a lot. Um, We really tend to focus in more on the writing, Mm -hmm. which, in fairness, this is a show that is known for its writing. Yes. Um, But I do think, you know, just a little moment like that does show that, like, they've got some good directors working on this show, too, even if it's not always the flashiest directing. Um, we're still waiting on that second installment from, uh, Rick Rosenthal. (laughs) (laughs) Um, we, I'm just gonna, I'm just gonna read this straight off of the Buffy wiki. Oh, all right. It's, I don't know, I don't want you to get your hopes up because it's not like the craziest thing we've ever read off the wiki, but it's just really succinct and to the point of what happens, which Xander mopes alone at his apartment but eventually couldn't stand it anymore and leaves. As he walks away, Anya watches him from behind some bushes. Yeah. Yeah, that's what happens. Yes. <laughs> this is when um, we get a... This is when I brought up how there's some people that look hotter when they're sad than when they're happy. And I make that in reference to Anya in this scene because, gosh, that long hair is just on point. Yeah. This episode gave me a lot of... um. I think largely because it involves Anya being sad about Xander, um, uh, the harsh light of day, um, back in season four, um, which also features Buffy being sad, not about Spike, but about Riley, Mm -hmm. uh, the person being sad about Spike in that episode is Harmony, (laughs) um, is that the one that ends when they're like walking around uh. when when Anya started to walk away at the end of the episode I almost had a moment where I was like are we going to relive that and when she went into the magic box and started cleaning up I was like okay this is better it's it's an example of directing I'm not so fond of the next day at UC Sunnydale uh, Willow is waiting for Tara to come out of class like she was doing in the last episode this time, however, she actually says hello and they have a very flirty conversation in and which it's, it's the tables have been turned. Oh, Tara I love is it. so in charge, yes. And as she also, should be, and also Willow sometimes is at a loss of things to say instead of um doing what Tara would do and just kind of like retreat into herself. Willow retreats into humor mm-hmm. and you know her strange fixation of adding wise to the end of <laughs> words that you don't add wise to you know that's a whole tv trope right yeah it's literally called buffy speak yeah um, uh god the hours i've lost to tv tropes that is our, <laughs> that is such an easy rabbit hole to fall down <laughs> um but yeah tara's like tara's like nice of you to actually talk to me after lurking outside of my class Unlike the last time, uh, and but Tara also makes it very clear that the girl she saw, uh, Willow saw Tara with last week was just a friend. They're yeah. gonna hang out one on one, no friends, because as Willow says, "I'm friendless." <laughs> <laughs> this whole scene is very cute, um, and it's nice to see. Uh, it's nice to see Tara so confident. Um yes. it's nice to see Willow in a acting like Willow again. Mm-hmm. Yeah, like um and it's just nice to see the two of them flirt. I'm 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 delighted by this development. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, if only I could describe what Harrison just did. <laughs> it was filthy. <laughs> um, uh, Dawn and Buffy are out. Um, I'm realizing this episode is doesn't have much of a plot. It's a lot of kind of character vignettes, it, it which is, is not a criticism necessarily. Yeah, right? I mean there's there's been a lot of stuff going on, and this is just kind of fallout. Yeah, um, and. As we've mentioned, we are about to really hit this last act of the season mm-hmm. hard, and um, this kind of is a way of dealing with stuff that's happened, but also pushing towards that. Mm-hmm. When minor spoiler alert, next episode hits, yeah, because uh, it's going to hit us hard. Yeah, this feels. This episode feels. It's it. In some ways, it's. A bit of table setting, but it, in more ways, it feels like all right, a lot of shit has happened. Let's check in with everyone, mm-hmm. see where they are, while also subtly setting up the last thrust of this season. Yep. Um, so, yes, Buffy and Don are out shopping together. Uh, Buffy is trying, basically, she's trying to spend some time with Don as a bit of a mea culpa for the whole attempted murder. You know, we've all been there. But, I mean, Dawn can't go to a lot of places because they recognize her for having shoplifted. Um, can we agree, though, that Dawn is the queen of comedy when she tells Buffy she can't go into the pet store because she tried to steal some goldfish, <laughs> and it didn't go well? <laughs> before hastily telling her, kidding. That's great. Yeah, uh, they, do, they do acknowledge that, um, you know... The stuff that Dawn still had, she returned, and the other stuff, uh, Buffy says that, you know, we're gonna pay for it, and Dawn says, like, no, I'm going to pay for it. Yeah. So Good for you, Dawn. Yeah, no, Dawn is very mature yeah. in this episode. Yeah. Um we over at the trio's lair, which I believe is whose basement did we it's it's is it Jonathan or Andrew's basement? I thought it was Andrew's basement. Okay. Um, I think you're right. I just couldn't. I believe you. <laughs> it's just not Warners. Yeah, Warrens. Oh my god! How do I keep doing that? How do I keep doing that? <laughs> uh, when we do our special Legally Blonde episode. I mean, you joke, but I would love to do that. I think I... Legally Blonde pairs extremely well with Buffy. They're very. They're. I mean, obviously different like genres, but they're all about. Uh, quote unquote, girly girls who are underestimated and don't necessarily feel the need to sacrifice their femininity to succeed in their chosen fields. Yep. Um, um and we can't do that though until we do the quest for Camelot we <laughs> episode. We have to do the quest for Camelot episode first. It's or never. We, <laughs> it's, it's one of two options. Um, but yes, Jonathan is um they're trying to they're trying to do something with this disc. Um Jonathan's mixing and matching some uh chemicals, chemicals. they're doing some chemistry. Um and uh Warren is like uh Andrew, Jonathan makes a comment about like it's deader than your ex-girlfriend, and Warren's not happy about that. Uh and he can go you know who else I bet is not happy about that? Katrina. <laughs> yeah. Um, Warren can go tuck himself in. <laughs> yeah. But uh, Warren and Andrew privately start to suspect that they can't trust Jonathan and are won't need him for much longer. Da-da-da-da. Even though Warren is all about the, hey, you'll be able to afford any island you want. Yeah. So they've got like something big planned. Yes. That will end with them being very rich. Uh, so, we don't know what it is yet, though. Um, Xander arrives home at his apartment. He finds Anya waiting for him. Uh, Xander... Xander apologizes, or tries to apologize for everything that happened. He, um, he explains how he felt about it, all of that. And it does actually look like Anya's maybe willing to accept his apology until he mentions, you know, I should have done it sooner. And that's when she realizes that he's not apologizing for stop not marrying her. He's apologizing for leaving her at the altar specifically. And that uh, she, you know, he, he still feels that he made the right call and calling the wedding off. Just not the way he did it, it This is Anya um, Anya's extremely upset Because to her She is equating love and marriage mm-hmm. um, Together I mean after all They go together like a horse in a carriage <laughs> Sorry uh, But uh, And you know We kind of mm-hmm. mentioned this During the actual uh, wedding episode too How There is that traditional belief That You know If you love somebody You'll marry them But modern relationships have kind of evolved beyond that. I mean, there are people who stay together their whole lives, but don't get married. Mm -hmm. I mean, marriage is being more recognized as an institution and not a necessity. Yeah. And I mean, I'm not going to say outdated because I don't want to, you know, give shit to people who look forward to getting married. I mean, you should. But I also don't think it's an essential thing. Yeah. And... Xander obviously has a lot of issues relating to marriage, more than likely due to his parents. And he want, He does specifically say that he wants to be with Anya still, but that doesn't necessarily have to mean marriage. Right. And, and Anya doesn't really accept that. Um, which, I, I mean, she... Is... she, she She's old. Yeah. <laughs> um, <laughs> like, we, we, there's jokes about, like, uh, obviously Buffy calls out Dawn for being one and a half. <laughs> yeah. But Anya's a thousand. <laughs> um. So, Anya basically is like, do you want to marry me? He says, you know, eventually yes. Um, and I think he more kind of says that just to appease her more than anything else. I do like, I think he means it.
1: I think he does okay.
0: eventually want to get married to her. I think he just recognizes this is just my read on it is that he he feels like they rushed into it. Okay. Um, and in fairness he straight up uh, proposed due to an apocalypse. Um, um. But she's she turns her back to him. she vengeance demons out. And she just says, I wish you'd never been born. Um, Obviously meant to set us up to think maybe we're getting a bit of a rehash of the wish. Um, This is not what happens. A wish (laughs) hash. (laughs) Um, We come back from commercial to find that nothing has happened. Uh, Xander continues. By the way, she like... She opens up with, I'm going, I want to get rid of your whole existence. Yeah. (laughs) Like then when that doesn't work, she goes into like, well, I mean, you know, I want your like intestines to explode. (laughs) It's, I, 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 really have, I have some thoughts I feel like we'll get into towards the end of the episode about how serious she is about her, her attempts to make this wish, um, on a subconscious level. Um, because yeah, her she she starts out big, mm-hmm. and throughout the, the episode, all of her attempts just seem weaker and weaker until the very end of the episode she, when it seems like she's finally gonna get it. She just tells Spike no. Mm-hmm. Um, I just think that's very interesting. That, it is. It's good. Um, but yeah, she goes through a series of wishes. Um tentacles to replace his beady little eyes. We get another reference to how she thinks his eyes are <laughs> beady. Um, my favorite, though, is when she wants his intestines to be twisted so he's in all sorts of pain, and he's like, they are! And she's like, really? And she's like, no, those are metaphor intestines! <laughs> um, so, like, God, that Anya humor is on point. On point. And it's, it's great because it's also, it, it, the the humor is really funny, but it's also, it's fueled by so much rage and pain mm-hmm. that even though it's, these moments are all really funny, it's also, unlike like, it's really humanizing. Yeah. Like, ironically, she's not even human anymore, and I feel like this episode is one of, she's at her most human I think she's ever been. I really do think that Anya is one of the best written characters in this show mm-hmm. because they're able to use every aspect of her incredibly well and you know I think that too many people just don't think about Anya when they think about the show and you guys should think about Anya more well I I, I think I kind of lump Anya in with every every Star Trek character or Star Trek show has the character who's not human but like kind of wants to be and wants to learn how to be human and frequently they're the best or most dynamic character on the show. You've got Spock, you've Data. got Data, you've got Odo. Odo um, the Doctor. The Doctor and Seven of Nine. Mm-hmm. Uh, Voyager was like, we're going to do twosies on this one. And then they <laughs> spent most of their latter seasons just focusing on those two in Janeway. Yep. <laughs> I love Voyager, but that is one of its big flaws Oh for yeah, uh, They recognize their three strongest characters, and it, it literally is like, You get a Doctor episode, a Janeway episode, a Seven episode, and the next episode is going to be split between... (laughs) It's kind of how, like, the Animorphs always swapped off between Axe and Tobias (laughs) (laughs) novels. Um, but Anya kind of fits into that same mold of, of that character type, and I think, I just think that, one, just that archetype opens you up to so many possibilities, um... And especially when you get an actor as charismatic as Emma Caulfield um, and writing as strong as the the show has, really sings. Mm -hmm. Um, So she leaves. She's pissed that she can't get her own vengeance. Um, So the next day, Anya is having coffee with Halfric. And Halfric's like, girl. You've been out of this too long. You know it, Vengeance Demon. (laughs) Um, Seemed (laughs) unnecessary. Yes. Um, If the mics didn't pick that up, someone, which I'd be shocked if not, but someone just laid on their horn outside And drove by, so we got ourselves like a a front row demonstration of the Doppler effect. (laughs) Um... But Alfred's like, girl, you can't grant your own wish. And <laughs> you dummy. <laughs> t- 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 <laughs> um I I do wonder, because the first every time I watch this episode, I'm like, why doesn't she just make the wish to Halfric? So I'm not sure if the rule is that she can't grant her own wish, or if the rule is vengeance demons as a whole can't grant wishes for other vengeance demons yeah because it, it sure looked like she was ready to grant the wish of Spike. so I don't think it has to deal with like being non-human yeah um, and also I mean technically kind of buffy as well. so yeah so my other this also my other theory is this it falls under the uh, Anya doesn't really want to go through with it so she never even bothers to ask Halfrick because she knows Halfrick will. I do love when Halfrick is uh, talking about this guy that she recently cursed. It's, she's right. It's that curse is a work of art. <laughs> so, so apparently, there's this. Um, I can only assume is a deadbeat dad. Who it's her whole thing, as we learned, yeah. back in older and far away. Um, but uh, uh, she says that he um, apparently hasn't been sending his child support checks. So, so like eleven um, years or yeah, something. Yeah. So she has cursed him that anytime he is touching a piece of paper that is not a child support check, then he gets a paper cut, which she thinks is hilarious because his hand is covered with little bandages like a quilt. I love it. I, <laughs> I agree with her. I, 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 I think that's that shows creativity. <laughs> Uh, it shows, um, uh, you know, it really shows a dedication to her craft. You sound like, you sound like you're on the Great British Baking Show. Listen, you know, I, so we've seen Half Frick Grant Two Wishes, and even though we weren't huge fans of Older and Far Away, I do think the, no one can leave the house, I mean, we saw how quickly they all fell apart. Like... Yeah. I don't know. I'm just saying. Haldrick's good at her fucking job. <laughs> like, <laughs> um, so, uh, Anya leaves determined to get someone to fu- get vengeance for her. Um, over at the Summer's House, Buffy is making pancakes for Dawn. Dawn is acting like there are stacks and stacks of pancakes.
1: And I, I guess compared
0: that, to the number of pancakes that Buffy normally makes. fair enough. I was like, I guess it is a little bit much for two people, but also she had the uh, she had the cereal out, That's um, true. and uh, apparently different kinds of syrup. I mean, there are yeah, there are different kinds. I mean, you get you get four kinds of syrup at IHOP alone. I mean, what's your favorite pancake syrup are of the you, of the IHOP of syrups? Any syrups? I real maple syrup, not like yeah. not that like maple flavored. Uh, corn syrup or whatever, uh-huh. like real genuine maple syrup. So fucking good. Mm-hmm. We got it when we were in Montreal. We I, I I I do not care if that makes me sound like bougie. No, Those... it's so good. Yeah, like don't get me wrong. I also love the maple flavor corn syrup shit. But, like, <laughs> but it's you know that's that's junk food. Yeah, and junk food's great. But like, <laughs> the real stuff is it. I am a big fan of um, blueberry. Yeah, if, if I'm at IHOP, I'll go with either the strawberry or the blueberry. Mm. Butter pecan is not my thing. Yeah, I don't care about butter pecan either. Just in general. Like just as a as a flavor profile. Butter pecan and I just don't really vibe. Um again, Jesus, with the honks. What's going on out there? it's all it always is out there. <laughs> Uh, this intersection is just awful. Yeah. Um, as evidenced by the garden wall that that's, still hasn't been repaired. That's what that's what happens when you have an intersection without a light. Right. Um, Dawn kind of realizes that Buffy's kind of overcompensating for the events of normal again. And uh, she's like, it's cool, I'm not mad, but like, what if I went on patrol with you? And... I see both sides of this, although I do I agree with Dawn more. Um I think there's a I think there's a compromise that could be made here, but Dawn correctly points out that Buffy and the gang were doing this sort of thing when they were her age. Dawn reasonably, or Buffy reasonably says, you know, like it's my job to protect you from dangerous things that want to kill you. And Don's like, well, dangerous things that want to kill me seem to find me. Yeah, I'm, I'm on Don. I'm airing on Don's side as well, simply because we have evidence that you can't keep the life of the Slayer. If you're in the Slayer's life, you mm-hmm. cannot keep that life out of yours. Yeah, especially if you know you're the Slayer's sister. I mean, look how quickly someone who wasn't uh, even friends with Buffy—I'm referring to Cordelia. Got ensnared in this world, mm-hmm. um, so yeah. When you're literally living in the same house with the woman, like um, I think there's, I think there's a step before Don going on patrol with Buffy. Like, I think training. Buffy should be, tra- yeah, exactly. Yeah. Buffy should be training like the, the way her. that Giles trained her. Mm-hmm. Maybe not as intense, but like you know, basic weapon use, how to defend herself, um, signs uh, to look for for vampires. Mm-hmm. And, um, you know... She could have used it on Halloween. Yeah. <laughs> strategies. Like, I mean, you know, I'm pretty sure that Buffy, because, like, she cares about Dawn so much, would say, like, alright, run first. Don't engage unless you mm-hmm. have to. Yeah. Um, I feel like this is where we're seeing a bit of Buffy's over-protectiveness come into play. I, I totally understand Buffy's perspective of, like, I will protect you. You don't need to know how to protect yourself. Yeah. But... You, get, it's you misguided. got to let those baby birds fly. Mm-hmm. Um, also, this is during the argument. This is where Buffy does throw out the technically you're only one and a half, which was <laughs> it is funny that we, Jason and I at the beginning of the episode were joking about Buffy. Th- using that in an argument. I, we were kind of joking in a bit of a nastier way. <laughs> you're not even real! <laughs> yeah, this was more good-natured, but... Um. Yeah, well, we've seen what happens when uh, Buffy yells, you're not real, get out of my house at at, uh, at dawn. Yeah, that was rough. Good episode, though. Uh, oh, fucking all-timer. Um, so back at uh, we get, the next day or I guess later this day Willow and Tara are at the coffee shop on their date Willow is filling in Tara mm, phrasing filling Tara <laughs> in, filling Tara in on some of the uh, adventures that she missed out on Tara's like fucking jealous she's like you kidding me? Well, and she talks, was... she mentions the double meat palace. <laughs> the Double Meat Palace, the Invisibility Ray, and the, the... demon eggs that Spike was yeah. uh <laughs> transferring around. <laughs> Cause what what was his name? The Doctor. The Doctor. Good lord. Good lord. Th- at first I thought it was like I was gonna say, like, was it was it something cool, like the Corinthian? But I'm like, I'm pretty sure that's from uh the Sandman. Okay, I was like, the Corinthian. I like that. I'm not familiar with Sandman. I mean, I'm familiar with what it is, but I've never read it slash seen the Netflix adaptation. Netflix adaptation is solid. I recommend it to you and to all our listeners. And um, for those of you who, uh, you know, are queer or just love seeing queer characters, Sandman's going to be a good show for you. Yeah. I also just, that cast, Mm -hmm. like I know I almost said Brienne of Tarth, Gwendolyn Christie. Right, she's in yep. it. Um, she plays Lucifer. Yeah. Um, well, now I'm annoyed because that's the only person I can think of. But Jenna, I know Coleman. Jenna Coleman. Jenna yeah. Coleman. She plays uh, in she a plays descendant John of John Constantine. Constantine. Yeah, I was like, she's not John Constantine, but like, mm-hmm. she's like Joanna or something. Yeah. Um, which is she... like a character in the DC universe. Oh, okay. Does she wear a similar costume to like his like tie sort of coat situation? Um, no, but uh, she doesn't necessarily like her her costume is functional okay Okay. fair enough yeah i'm just kind of picturing i'm picturing john constantine and i'm picturing jenna coleman in that outfit i'm totally like rocking it no i'd love it but no um she she, i don't think she was ever meant to be just a gender swapped uh john constantine like there is a jenna constantine in the actual mythos that's fair um i do love a, a good gender swap sometimes but also we we our female characters should be more than just gender swaps mm-hmm. um oh david thewlis is in it yes uh he plays um the guy who steals uh the ruby that's nice. right Pat oswald he's the voice of matthew the raven very nice yeah no i definitely want to i definitely want to check check it out at some point i it's a graphic novel right um, it's actually a series. Okay. Uh, so it did run for 94 issues. Let me check that so that I don't sound like a dumbass. <laughs> one. Um, yeah, the original run, and it is written by one of my favorite living authors, uh, Neil Gaiman. Yeah. Um, oh, original run was 75. Okay. Excuse me. Um, and uh, yes, it was originally under DC Comics, but and the first story arc works appearances from dc characters and they're like batman does make an appearance whatever but um that's kind of like quickly dropped because neil gaiman is just building a such a rich world that they don't really need to bring in other dc characters and it eventually moved to the vertigo imprint so still being uh and you know the Constantine Hellraiser books are under the same thing so okay. still being published by DC but under this specific imprint that's kind of separate from the DC universe and more adult oriented gotcha. I need to read more Neil Gaiman the only thing of his that I've read is American Gods um which I loved I thought it was oh yeah great, I mean but... that's honestly probably his his greatest work yeah um john i got john several years ago uh, for his birthday i got him this book that is a biography of douglas adams yes it's written by neil gaiman Mm -hmm. because uh gaiman is like a protege of adams and um and that is that is very much on care like on display in good omens but also so is the wonderful work of Terry Pratchett yeah, as well. that's another one I really want to... Um, and last out. thing, uh, I, if for those of you who like have not had the pleasure of reading Neil Gaiman, um, a good, quick measure of whether you like it or not is... Like, if you want to go young adult, there's uh, Coraline in the Graveyard book. Mm-hmm. both stupendous. Um, but if you want like something a little more um, not young adult, but still a quick read... The Ocean at the End of the Lane, fantastic book. Um, also, I think the last novel that he's published. Like he does a lot of short stories, mm-hmm. and obviously he's been very focused on uh, screenplays for TV shows because now um, he is writing the original material for the new seasons of Good Omens. I believe there's an Anansi Boys adaptation mm-hmm. coming out that he's also writing for. So, uh, yeah. Yeah. But you got lots of stuff to choose from with Mr. Neil Gaiman. My copy of American Gods also has it on um, just as part of it. So I'll probably honestly that'll probably be the next one I read just because I have It's to. right there, yeah. Uh um, to find out about good old Fat Charlie. Yeah. so That's the character's name. I'm not calling him <laughs> I I'm not just calling him fat. <laughs> um, Anya approaches Tara and Willow. They're both very excited to see him see her um, <laughs> And we just get this delightful montage of Anya trying to get Tara and Willow uh, at the coffee shop, Dawn at the magic box, and Buffy at her house, um, all to get him to wish something terrible against Xander. Uh, She appeals to Willow and Tara's queerness. She's like, you hate men, right? I love (laughs) this because i feel that there are so many stupid men out there that think that women become lesbians to hate men when one you know women don't become lesbians they discover that they are lesbians and it's not about hating the men as much as it's about loving the women as willow says yeah i i love i love that so much I'm like there you go there's your explanation <laughs> Um, you love women. They love women. Let's live together. Let's like live together in peace. <laughs> um, she tries to appeal to Dawn and uh, Buffy's sympathies towards her. Um, I actually really. It's uh, Don, Anya is also obviously very funny, but I also think um, Tara, Willow, and Dawn's responses are all very funny. Buffy's a bit of the odd one out. Um, the sequences with her are played a little straighter. Um, and, you know, that actually works, oh, in the favor it totally of the, works in the favor of the scene. Because, you know, Xander shows up yeah. while Buffy is talking to Anya. And if you had had, like, you know, silly stuff being exchanged mm-hmm. between them, then I feel like you would have lost a little bit of the power of the interaction between Anya and Xander. Yeah. I, I find it... I, I It's funny because I... I love the way that Buffy is trying to be some and is sympathetic to, to Anya, um, while also you know she does have a certain loyalty to Xander, um, and I, I totally understand why Anya gets pissed. Like, um, but it would it's uncomfortable to be in this position that Buffy finds herself in, and to a lesser extent, Dawn, Willow, and Tara. But I do love that uh, that. Uh, Anya keeps saying to Dawn like don't you wish like no 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 I do not use those words anymore there are like vengeance demons everywhere good old Dawn learning she's learning Uh, and the reason she's at the magic box is because she wants to work off um, the debt for all the things that she stole yeah which briefly ever so briefly does distract Anya from her got Uh, all that (laughs) capitalist (laughs) instinct popping in um but yes uh Xander does show up at Buffy's house uh, Anya gets pissed And leaves um, Buffy She also gets pissed at <laughs> She also gets pissed at Willow and Tara And I'm pretty sure she just walks she off With with Willow's coffee, with Willow's coffee. I, <laughs> I I Almost wonder If that was non-scripted I, I'm almost certain that it wasn't Because, <laughs> because if it were I feel like the bit would have almost, like there would have been a reaction shot from Willow or something. They cut away immediately. <laughs> yeah, so that that almost leads me to believe that Emma Caulfield just grabbed it. And I left. love that. I love that she just gets so into this rage and she just grabs it and walks away. Yeah. Also, she does like say, um, she does try to make like Xander sound pervy for liking to watch a um, girl on girl porn. <laughs> Uh, she also wants, uh, someone to wish that Xander's penis would explode. <laughs> that was a good one. Honestly, if, if a visual doesn't accompany it, the, uh, like the words penis and explode in the same sentence. Pretty it, funny. It is pretty funny. Um, Xander tries to go after Anya. Buffy, uh, convinces him not to. She's like, she, let her go. She needs to cool off. She's pissed. And then Xander kicks a garden gnome that's in her lawn, and she's like, and you're really illustrating my point of why you shouldn't be going after her. And then she's like, What's that mean, ugly- What the ugly hell is that? <laughs> <laughs> no, that was that was probably the biggest left turn of this entire episode, and I loved it because, you know, right like from then on, for most of the rest of the episode, they're going into like find the trio mm-hmm. mode. And I just love how, you know, you have this important serious scene that she's like what the hell is that thing doing in my lawn yeah. i'd it, have come i'd have crawled out of the grave sooner if i didn't know yeah she's like did willow put it there while i was dead <laughs> 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 um i actually do want because it has been there for a good chunk of the season there is an episode where they talk about um the tr- where they show the trio bringing the cameras online yeah, I was I was gonna say I want I wonder when the first episode we specifically see the gnome. Also, shout out to the gnome for uh, uh, appearing in Restless, um, the dream episode. Oh yeah, for... yeah. <laughs> there you go. We just it, that's the episode that keeps on giving, keeps on giving. Um, they discover though that there is a camera inside. Uh, they're like, who the fuck? Could be putting a camera here, and Xander uh, goes straight to Spike. Now, here's my thing. I see why his brain went to Spike, but Spike isn't really... Spike is fairly low-tech. The only yeah. tech that he's had is the Buffy box. Exactly. Which he had to get. Yeah. From um, Warren. I think the only reason that Xander goes to Spike is to kind of set up what happens at the end of this episode. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but yeah, like, I feel that if Xander were in his right mind and not, like, hopping mad, that he would probably have thought through it a little bit more. Like, yeah. oh, wait a minute. Who do we know that um, has been obsessed with Buffy and uses technology like this? Yeah. And he does come around later pretty quickly when, when the option is presented mm-hmm. to him. Although he's... Anti-Spike prejudice still shines through, oh. but uh, Spike does go to uh, Buffy goes to Spike's crypt to um, to confront him, and he's kind of offended. He's like, <laughs> he's like, yeah, I do all those things that you say about me, but like, I would put a camera in your yard. He's like, I would uh, just he, wait in your yard for you. He specifically says, like, I don't hurt you, which is not true. <laughs> <laughs> Let's just say it's not true. Yeah. Maybe he doesn't intend to hurt her, but he also doesn't seem to be aware when he hurts her but yeah yeah, like this this spike just means like this is not my thing yeah um he basically is like you know what we had it was real and buffy's like yeah it was real for you and that just pisses him off Mm -hmm. and he's like get the fuck out of my crypt um at the Magic Box, Anya and Halfric continue to commiserate. Um, Anya is still pretty pissed. She can't get anyone to wish something against Sander, So Halfric is like, you just gotta get someone to wish. She doesn't really give a shit about him. Which, to me, feels like Halfric's like, eh, I'm right here. Eh, eh, I'll do it. But uh, this is when Spike comes in. He's looking for some sort of spell that will help uh, ease his pain. Halfric pulls Anya aside and she's like Anya's like, I Spike hates Xander. I can get Spike to make the wish. Oh, but he's not a woman. I'll get someone to wish that Spike's a woman. Which Halfric's like, honey, I've been telling you for a hundred years you need to expand your your right. Like like this whole uh, wronged women thing, that's great. I it's, love that for you. She's like, it's really cute. <laughs> <laughs> um but Hoffett convinces her that maybe Spike is her guy. So Spike's like, or Anya's like, you need something to numb you. I've got I've got a little something that Giles maybe left behind. It, you know, it makes you stop feeling things, makes ugly people look better, makes boring people more interesting. She's like pulls out a bottle of Evan Williams. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I'm honestly surprised they went with Evan Williams on that. Like I feel that that could have easily just been like a Jack Daniels. Mm-hmm. But uh, no, Evan Williams, real bourbon. Real bourbon. Uh, back at the summer's home, Willow has gone digital. She's, right? Digital? Or analog? What means what? It's digital. Yeah. Right. Uh, she analog used... would mean that there were like hard copies of... But, that's right, yeah. So she's using fun. her hacking skills... Uh, we haven't seen for a while. Um, we've seen it a couple more times this season. Let's come back a bit. Yeah, that's like it. It seems like that's one of the things that she, she tried to focus on doing while staying away from magic. Yeah. But she's trying to locate the source of the cameras and the gnomes. At this point, the um, everyone's kind of in agreement, it's like, oh yeah, it's these guys. Um, meanwhile, Jonathan has done whatever he needs to do with the disc and. I made the the Raiders lock Lost Ark joke earlier, but they literally use it to pinpoint a spot on a map, uh, which catches fire, so they are briefly distracted as they try to put that out with Jonathan's little basketball blanket. Was it basketball? I thought so. Oh, I thought it was like outer space. That actually, that makes more sense. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, At the Magic Box... Uh, Anya and Spike are drinking they are also bitching (laughs) Um, they're just taking shot after shot Anya's complaining about Xander Spike is complaining about Buffy although very conspicuously not using her name Um, although there is a moment where he kind of slips up a bit where he's like I'm always helping out your Scoobies uh to make her like me, but Anya's yeah. too drunk to even Yeah, I've said i said it so many times I don't even like you. <laughs> <laughs> I'm just like, we're so annoying. <laughs> Everyone's so nice. <laughs> but uh they um no this they have such good chemistry in this scene. I mean we've said it before, but uh James Marsh just has good chemistry with everybody. Yeah, I would I would say the same about Emma. Mm-hmm. I think they both are just... I mean, you can put these two actors uh, in a scene with anyone. I mean, we get Anya... I mean, literally, this episode, we get her paired off with basically every single major character. Um, and all of them are gold. I'm thinking back to all of her scenes with Giles. Um, I think... I just think both of these characters are ones that are really easy to 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 bounce off of anyone else. Yep. Um I think we've talked about this uh Ben on uh Parks and Rec is a similar character who's just it, it I it's a combination of the character's personality and the actor that well really easy to bounce off of others. And I think Ben is also he's the straight man. Yes. So uh He's the one normal, somewhat normal person (laughs) who's normal by Pawnee standards. (laughs) Um, While this is all going on, just Willow is figuring out the source of the camera. She discovers that there are cameras all over town. Um, They find feeds that are at... Um, willows at UC Sunnydale Xander's construction site the double me palace the bronze um, this the bronze and really, the graveyard yeah, so because so many episodes start there <laughs> uh, but this really pisses Buffy off she's like, like uh uh-uh. uh I think and you know I think she has like this animosity towards the trio I mean obviously there's the baggage with um There's the disappointment with Jonathan. Yeah. There's uh, just the utter contempt for uh, Warren, Mm -hmm. which, I mean, yeah. (laughs) It kind of sucks. And the complete antipathy for Andrew. (laughs) But I also think that, like, you know, in her mind, she's probably thinking, these are three guys. Why haven't I been able to Mm -hmm. stop them? And, I mean, I guess at first she probably just didn't see them as a threat. Yeah. Yeah. But like, I think at this point, she's really just starting to get annoyed by them. No, and I I will say, I do think we we've said we kind of like kind of been hinting around this the whole season, but the their role in the season's arc becomes more apparent as the season goes on and why they are the way they are. And yes, the fact that Buffy hasn't really considered them a true threat, I think, is super important. Um, especially as we get into the last thrust of the season yep um you like you like using that phrase i I have said it several times (laughs) Um, (laughs) i mean i'm not i I don't hate it because like i said this next buffy episode is gonna Mm -hmm. be very impactful well speaking of thrust over at the magic box uh (laughs) Spike and Anya, they they really have bonded. They have, you know, Spike is complimenting her. He's like, I like how forthright you are. I like that in a woman. He was like, Drusilla was like that. She never knew what the fuck was going on, but she was straight about it. <laughs> um, and yeah, they go to Bone Town. They doink. They go to full on Bone Town, right on the, the table in the magic box. It's like, no, that's where they do the scooping. <laughs> It's where they scooby. Um, Unfortunately for them, this is also when Willow unlocks the feed to the magic box. Uh, This is also when... uh, The trio notices that they're being hacked. Yep. And so everyone's just watching, spiking on your butt. I love that, you know, the trio is rushing to try to cut the connection, but then when that feed shows up... Like this is the one time when Warren being an absolutely disgusting human being is funny <laughs> as opposed to like just detestable and because like, you know, you see his hands move away from the keyboard yeah. as soon as there's sex on the screen. I love how um, Jonathan just can't say anything but oh my God. Yeah. Um, and and course, then there's Andrew. Andrews. He is so cool. Uh, and the girl's hot too. <laughs> Uh, (laughs) (laughs) I mean, if y'all didn't know by now. But um, a less funny reaction is happening over at the Summer's house. Uh, Buffy is pretty devastated by what she sees, uh, which indicates to me that her assertion to Spike earlier was maybe not quite as true as as maybe she felt it was. Um, Don comes in, sees what's going on, and immediately Willow's like, nope, (laughs) cover your eyes. Uh, and Xander is pissed. Yeah, like, you think of all the things that Anya wanted to do to physically hurt Xander, this is gonna hurt him. Yeah. Uh, Buffy kind of, Buffy goes out back, Don notices, and Don, God bless you, she puts those pieces together. She goes out and she's like, "Girl, you've been hooking up a Spike." And Bobby's like, "Oh fuck, yeah!" Like, uh, and this moment between the two of them is very sweet. Uh, Don's like, "I kind of wish you had told me," and I'm like, "Well, it's not really your business," but. I think it's less about wanting to know the details and more just wanting Buffy to know that Dawn is a safe person to confide in. Yeah, I mean, because, you know, the first person that Buffy felt safe telling this to is Tara. Yeah. Um, Willow notices, though, that Xander is gone. The front door is wide open. Rude. Rude. And uh, Buffy's weapons chest is also wide open. Rude. And... Uh, as Jason mentioned while we were watching the episode, uh, Willow must have a great knowledge of the that inventory because she goes outside and she's like, "Xander's gone and he took your axe. <laughs> he probably also took a stake as well because he has, he has later, the stake yeah. on him. I don't know if like you know being with being friends with a Slayer, you always have a stake on you. I mean, if they were smart, they would always have a stake on them. Mm-hmm. But um, so Buffy rushes to follow Xander." Um, at the magic box, uh, Spike and Anya—they're getting dressed. Spike leaves, and he is attacked by Xander. Um. Also, I do love that. Um, you know, you see Buffy attack Spike, then you know you're getting thrown around, and um, you know, getting like you know the loud sound yeah. effect but with Xander it's it's just it's like a it's more of a brawl yeah it's more visceral yeah and also like you know Xander's clearly not as strong as Buffy so he's not doing as much immediate damage as Buffy would. yeah um Xander I understand he's hurt. I have I have sympathy for him. But, Sander, my man, none of what you're doing and saying in this scene is okay. He is... I mean, he and Spike have never been friends. Like, whatever. But the things he says to Anya, and kind of by the transitive property about Buffy, are so cruel. Yeah. Um, He basically tells Anya that, like, he basically, like, you were with this thing. You're disgusting. And it's like, well, you left her at the altar yeah you have no say yeah and you know I think after their talk even like as mad as Anya was I think Xander just always assumed that they were you know mm-hmm. going to get back together so the fact that like you know she has sex with somebody else that immediately like breaks that vision and he's like he thinks like oh you cheated on me or whatever I'm like Dude, not really. Yeah, 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 no, not even. Not really. Yeah, you're. No, kind, she didn't. You're <laughs> kind of not together anymore, and this is your wake up call to that. Uh huh. So yeah, he, she, you know, Xander's just like, or Anya's just like. I. It was just comfort. It was just you know he was there. It was, and um, when Xander has his line where he's like. Being so disgusted that she would even be with this dead guy, that's when Spike decides to. None of the men in this scene are doing great. <laughs> <laughs> Spike just throws in they're like it's good enough for Buffy, and Xander. Xander is just so overwhelmed and pissed that he just he leaves. Um, Buffy also after basically giving him the fucking stink eye of all time uh she leaves spike starts to make a wish and anya just says no don't mm-hmm. she goes inside starts to kind of clean up the mess in the magic box there's a lot going on here yeah i i, I don't even know if i have anything to say about other than, other than like there's a lot to like just watching that whole scene and i'd forgotten how the episode ended so after anya went inside i actually was prepared to just cut to the you know executive producer credit so i was very grateful yeah um this is very much just like as i said fallout for all of the personal turmoil that a lot of the characters have been going through this season and uh you know we've mentioned before that this season isn't so much is the probably the least traditional of the buffy seasons mm-hmm. as that it doesn't have like the focus isn't on the big bad um to destroy it's a, the focus is on the emotion the emotions of these characters after all that they've been through yeah. um and yeah we're really getting all of that payoff over these last few episodes Mm -hmm. and um, we also get a little bit of good payoff yeah at the end in the last scene yeah Yeah. so I also just do want to point out at this point all of the current members of the Scooby team uh, know about Buffy and Spike except except for Willow Willow. (laughs) Uh, at the Summer's house Willow is in her bedroom Tara Let herself in? Dawn definitely let her in. (laughs) I mean, maybe that door never got closed. (laughs) Fair enough. enough. Uh, But she comes into, Tara comes into Willow's bedroom. But I'm pretty sure that if Dawn saw Tara coming in, she'd let her in immediately. Without a second thought. So I'm just going to read the speech Tara gives. It's one of my favorites. Um, I think it's really well written. And Amber Benson just really sells it. Uh, she says, There's so much to work through. Trust has to build again on both sides. You have to learn if you're even the same people you were, if you can fit in each other's lives. It's a long and important process. And can we just skip it? Can you just be kissing me now? It's and good. They do. They kiss. Yeah. They kiss. That's a good kiss. It's a yeah. good kiss. Mm-hmm. And after a good chunk of the season of them being apart, It feels very satisfying. Yeah. I... I, uh, Yeah. Also, like, I love that there's no mention of the magic problem. Yeah. Because, you know, we've talked before about how we're not fans of that story arc and and what it tries to represent. So the fact that, like, you can get some character growth with Willow without having to mention that Uh arc is nice. Yeah. I do wish we had had some sort of scene... Uh, with Tara make kind of making this decision to come and do this, um, but this episode's really packed. There's a yeah. lot going on. I don't know where you would have put it without interrupting uh, the really intense flow of what was going on between Spike, Buffy, Anya, and Xander. Yep. Um, so yeah, and that's where we end entropy. Mm-hmm. Um, Jason, thoughts? Oh man, like. As its name implies, this episode is a tad chaotic. Mm -hmm. Um, It's going everywhere. It feels a little unfocused at times. um, But that could just be that it's just trying to juggle all of the arcs of the season. Mm -hmm. Um, I do like everything that happens in the episode. It's just a little bit of a hodgepodge of things. Mm -hmm. So... um, if i had to give it a score i'd probably give it uh you know it's three and a half unexpected pancakes nice. out of five yeah i feel i feel that i for me it's like you're right it is a bit of a hodgepodge of things it's um it's less of a story and more of just character beats but i don't hate that Like, they're all strong character beats. Mm -hmm. I, like, there was nothing that really felt out of place in the episode. I felt like it did a good job of informing what had come before and um, really setting us up for where we're going next. Um, So I think I'm going to give this one uh, also just stellar standout performance. From everyone, but in particular I'm gonna highlight Emma uh Emma Caulfield Mm -hmm. and Amber Benson. Yep. Um so yeah, I'm gonna give this one uh four table sexes out of five. (laughs) My favorite unit of measure. (laughs) Um also, just real quick before we get out of this, uh speaking of Amber Benson and Emma for Emma Emma Caulfield, Emma Caulfield Ford. I've been trying to do that because that's her married name, mm-hmm. um, and I just keep forgetting because in my mind she's Emma Caulfield. Yeah, but um, uh, have have you seen the uh, the Slayers audio series that was just released? I didn't know it had been released it? yet. I saw like the the teaser for it with like everybody saying that they're excited to get back yeah. into it. So they released it today. Okay, um, so I'm looking forward to checking it out i don't have an audible account but i will create one to check this out when i have some time but um yeah it's a buffy story that was co-written and co-directed by amber benson and features james marston uh james marsters yeah. uh, I'm sorry uh james marsters juliet landau charisma carpenter um emma caulfield amber herself uh and tony head all reprising their roles. Um, in particular, what I know about it is that uh, Charisma is playing a version of Cordelia from another dimension who was called as the Slayer. Ooh. Um, so I'm very interested. Um, they, Yeah, they released that today. Um, and That's yeah, yeah. funny because didn't she originally audition for Buffy? She did, yeah. Uh, and Sarah Michelle Gellar... I originally auditioned she, for Cordelia. I... I'm glad things landed the way they did because I think they're both so perfect for their roles. But at the same time, I, I do want to like slip into that alternate universe where that that's the casting and like see what it looks like. I, I know it's like not too similar, but it just makes me think of um, Spider-Man Three, how um, you have in that uh, movie obviously um, Kirsten Dunst as uh, as Mary Jane, mm-hmm. and uh, you also have Bryce Dallas Howard as uh, Gwen Stacy. Um, she played Bryce Dallas Howard a natural redhead mm-hmm. plays the blonde Gwen Stacy and Kirsten Dunst a natural blonde plays the redhead in Mary Jane Watson famously yeah redheaded. <laughs> like, um but in all fairness like the, the Gwen Stacy role in the original Spider-Man trilogy is almost. almost nothing um I mean compared to like, what she is in both the comics and in the Andrew Garfield movies. Yeah. Well, and she was only written into that movie because, uh, Kirsten Dunst was like, I don't want to be kidnapped and be the damsel in distress during the third act. So they wrote Gwen Stacy into that movie to fulfill that role, and then ended up making Mary Jane do yeah. it anyway <laughs> after they had to, like, rewrite some shit, so. I'll save you, Mary Jane. Um, so yeah. Uh, any Uh, that's entropy. Uh, Take us out, Jason. All right. Taking us out. Thank you for joining us on Booze and Buffy. We'll be back next week with Angel Season 3, Episode 20, A New World. Not to be confused with A Whole New World. Mm-hmm. I'm Harrison. You can find me on Instagram at Harrison Alexander Kaufman. That is also where I am on Threads. And you can find me on Twitter at Harrison Kaufman. That's C-O-F-F-M-A-N. And I'm Jason. You can find me on Instagram at YamiJ357. And you can find us on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter at and Buffy. Or you can email us us at BoozeandBuffy at gmail.com. The and is spelled out A-N-D. And don't forget to subscribe, rate, and review us on Apple Podcasts or wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, each week, we want to give out a shout out to a worthy charity or nonprofit. I'm going to go in a slightly different direction this week, though. All right. We are coming up on uh, elections in about a month. Some pretty important ones uh, in Kentucky, where we have our governor's race. Um, so I, you know, just go check your voter registration, check your polling place, make sure you have everything you need in in uh, in place. John and I have to. We're actually going to be in Sweden on election day. So we have to make sure we either have to do early voting or an absentee ballot. I think we have to do early voting. Um, But, but that's the due diligence we have to do to make sure that we get our votes in. So make sure you're doing that. Um, If you have a chance to work, to volunteer as an election officer or, you know, whatever you can do. um, It's very, very important. Yeah. All right. As always, go slay and be gay. Like Willow and Tara. Yay, yo.